Strokes of Country. Welcome to your side serving with Strokes of Country in association with BBR Music, produced by Why Now, where we bring you the best of country, Americana, and more. I'm Ross, one of your hosts, along with Holly and Kira, and you can join us for the full version of this episode over at whynow.co.uk. Today's guest is Lindsay L. Holly caught up with her in London to chat about what she's been working on, backstage secrets, and the curious relationship between Paul McCartney and festival toilets. You can listen to the extended edition of this interview on whynow.co.uk, where we'll have music from Miko Marx, The Deslons... Tyler Childers, Kelsey Ballerini, and more. Plus, Ross and Kira take on my infamous lyrics quiz, Two Chords and a Lie. We'll be looking at songs about cigarettes. We'll also take a deep dive into songs by artists who disappeared. Mm. For now, here's Lindsay L. Lindsay here on Strokes of Country. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see you. Thank you for coming to the Roundhouse. <laughs> of course. Yes, I should say to our listeners, we are here at the Roundhouse. Lindsay is here supporting the Cadillac 3. Mm-hmm. You have been all over the place with them. Girl, it's been such an incredible past couple of weeks. Um, we love coming to the UK. The fans here are my absolute favorite on the face of the planet. Um, and it's been so special getting to meet Cadillac 3's audience. You know, they definitely are, are more of a rock crowd, which I, of course, love. I just turn up my guitar super loud. And it's been so enjoyable to um, meet a lot of their fans and see my fans at the show. You know, it's it's been a long three years since we've been back before the pandemic, of course. So it feels amazing to be on this tour. And you, you've been to Newcastle, you've been to Leeds, you've mm-hmm. been to Nottingham. How would you describe the essence of each of those places? Oh my gosh, every every city has its own vibe and has its own um, aura, which has just been so wonderful. You know, we've we've played a bunch of places around the UK. You know, we've we've played Glasgow and Birmingham and Manchester a lot, and and it's always so wonderful to see those cities again. But it, it was my first time playing Cardiff and Newcastle and Leeds and Nottingham last night, and so it it was such a, a pleasure to be able to just like go see these cities and and see the vibe and and see you know all these young college kids running around and it it has been so fun i just have taken a million pictures my camera roll is quite full <laughs> and i uh, had the pleasure of seeing you perform at the long road um, yeah. last weekend how was that the long road was amazing we've played so many music festivals but there's something about the long road that is just so special. They've just done such an incredible job creating like a vibe there. And um, I'm just so grateful for um, everything that they've, they've built and everything they've fostered. And, um, and, you know, I felt like I, I got to see a lot of my fans there. Um, I, you know, there's this, this fan of mine, his name is James in the front row. And he made this huge sign that had L going down the left-hand side. And it said, England loves Lindsay and it said L on the side and I was like oh my gosh that's so that's so sweet I've heard that there's some people who've kind of followed you on this whole UK tour I mean to every single show yeah there is a group of fans that are just so incredible um Mikhaila and Roshna um Mikhaila went to even my shows I played in Germany and then she's going to every single show and they they have like this group that like always lines up at the venue and are like a front row of every show and um and thankfully I think they've even recruited more fans and so I just I love them dearly like the fans here are the best and country music has grown a lot in the UK so how does that experience of how the fans respond now compare to when you've been to the UK previously country music has grown a lot it's been amazing to see like 
how the genre is really expanding and the definition of country music is being understood for for how much it, it grows in you know the states and Canada. Country music means so many different things. It means from something really traditional to something a little bit more progressive or pop leaning. And I think that um, you know, fans in the UK are also learning that, that country music can mean more of the traditional country and Western that maybe they're familiar with identifying country to. And then it can mean the more pop leaning, you know, Dan and Shay and Sam Hunt and Lady A and, and all these things. It's everything from Brad Paisley to Sam Hunt and everything in the middle. And I think that's what makes country music so, so special and so unique. The fact that, you know, I think the definition of country music is as long as a song tells a story then that is country music. It's where the lyrics matter. And and when an artist can communicate that, then you're country, baby. <laughs> A slogan, you're country, baby. <laughs> and um, speaking of the long road, do you ever go to festivals just as an attendee? That's such a good question. I went to um, Austin City Limits. It's a big festival in Austin, Texas, um, in Canada, a few years ago to see McCartney. I'd never seen him before. And, um, and so I went as a festival goer and let me just tell you, Holly, it, like, it has been a long time since I've been as a, as a festival goer and the lineups and the parking and it, it just like baffled my mind. I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many people because I've just lived this sheltered life of being backstage. And so I just garnered a whole new respect for what the country fan or what a music fan needs to go through to get into a concert, even before the first note starts but then I must say it is still to my day one of my favorite live moments ever in a show getting to hear 60,000 people sing Hey Jude together in a like a communal group of people like there's nothing like it so the payoff for all of like the craziness to get in the festival is definitely worth it and it's and it is not even close to watching a show backstage you know like being in the midst of like the people is awesome and it's just what makes festivals so so special so paul mccartney makes using festival toilets worth it i mean absolutely i will take that trade any day of the week <laughs> and um, your song right on time is doing so well over here at the moment um why do you think people resonate with that song so much you know i wrote this song early on in the pandemic um i i felt like there was a time, a part of my life where I felt all of my friends were getting married and having babies and checking all of these life boxes that I was not even close to checking. I was single at the time, living in a house in four walls by myself. And I was just like, did I miss the memo on how you're supposed to do this? And um, shortly after I was like, you know what? I, I just think that we're all writing our own story. And it's so easy to feel pressure from friends and family, from social media, from societal pressures. And I think that as women, we feel pressure even more so. No offense, guys, we all love you. But as women, I think we we feel more pressures to, you know, the pressure to be beautiful, the pressure to go after your career or the pressure to be a mom. Like we just always kind of feel that and to hit the right timing of all of those things. And and I just think it's it's really important to remind yourself that you are right where you need to be. You are doing things exactly how they should be unfolding in your life, not on someone else's trajectory or their timeline, but on your own timeline. And, you know, you can never be late to your own party. (laughs) And it's a song about, like you say, following your own path. And you talk specifically about those common experiences that people might have of finding the one, having babies. But for you, how does that apply to your musical journey and, and making sure you stay true to yourself follow your own path particularly in 2022 when 
there's a lot you have to do as a musician in terms yeah. of streaming and promo that Girl. maybe you didn't have to do a while ago. Absolutely. I mean, Right on Time is my anthem. Like I sing it as much on stage every night so my own brain can hear it just as much as everybody in the audience. But um, I think it's a really important time. There, There is a lot of pressure post-pandemic, I think, of of deciding what you want to do and doing it how you want to and, and making sure it all falls into place how you want it to. And that's a lot of pressure to feel. Um, and so I definitely have felt that in my career. But I also think that throughout the past couple of years, we've been able to like really prioritize the things that are important. And so that can filter through people who are important, spending more time with friends and family or figuring out like what parts of your job you like, what parts of your job you don't like how you can maybe do your job more efficiently. And for me, for sure, how I can be more authentic as an artist and how I can record music that is just so what I want to be saying and what I want to be feeling. And so I've really, really taken that into account part for the course because of, you know, I, I'm in the midst of recording my third album and I'm taking longer to get it done because I want it to be like more authentic and I want it to be, and it just like the bar keeps getting raised higher and higher. And so I know that, you know, th those things are worth the wait. And, you know, you've, you've written some songs that are about, you know, very difficult and uh, subjects. And how do you um, cope with having to access those emotions or, or relive certain things when you perform those songs? I think that as artists or as anybody in the entertainment industry, I mean, I think the way we connect with people is by being vulnerable and by showing that vulnerability within ourselves. And when I wrote the song Make You about my story as a little girl of, of being a survivor, I felt like I connected to so many fans in such a special way that I don't know if I would have connected to in the same way without having written that song and releasing that song. And I think when you can show those like vulnerable dark places it it lets everybody feel that you know we're all just humans figuring out how to do this thing putting on pants one leg at a time fighting the, a lot of the same battles on different sides of the same war and um i think it's songs like that 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 just open up a whole new plateau and and potential for for connection and and understanding upon each other and so if anything like releasing and and um, singing Make You On Stage is such a beautiful thing. And it's a good reminder for me of like music should always feel that honest. Absolutely. And are you, you mentioned that you're recording your next album there. Is there, can you give us any insight into yeah. what we might see on there? Yeah. So Right On Time is obviously just scratching the surface of new music, but um, I am working hard on LE3. I think I've recorded this album like already two times over, but I'm I'm unwrapping the chocolate orange as we speak and um and it is unraveling beautifully and so I will have um probably a new song out this fall with an album to come next year and I cannot wait for you to hear it. I didn't realize they had chocolate oranges in a So they Canada had chocolate was. oranges in Canada and when I moved down to the states to Nashville I would always talk about chocolate oranges and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, the chocolate oranges that you throw at the wall and then they unravel. And I realized that they really are only a thing in the UK and Canada, but thankfully we both know about them. And yeah. I would always bring chocolate oranges to my friends. I mean, you need to, you need to give the people what they want. Exactly. <laughs> now, you are a guitar, you know, aficionado. <laughs> Do you trust other people to touch your guitar? It depends. The people that I trust. <laughs> I trust the people that I trust to touch my guitars. Um, yeah, I mean, we're. I'm so grateful to be able to be surrounded by 
amazing people, specifically on this Cadillac 3 tour. Their crew has taken us in like family. It's just been so wonderful. And and so, um, so yeah, I, I trust, you know, my good friends to to take care of my guitars and and um, know that they'll be in good hands. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I heard you've been up on stage with the Cadillac 3 um, during this tour. Yeah. And is there any other band that you would love? If there was one band you could pick to, to sit in with and jam with. Oh my gosh, be? good question. Um, Man, it would be so cool to like sit in and jam with. Um, I mean, I know, like, I, I recorded a John Mayer record one day and or, or a few years ago, and so one day it would be so amazing to to sit in with him. Um, I would love to jam with Clapton one day. I would love to jam with Ed Sheeran one day. Shawn Mendes. My list goes on and on and on. <laughs> And you, I mean, you're a multi-instrumentalist and just so that oh, we can all feel better about ourselves, has there ever been an instrument that you haven't gone with? Yeah, I, um, I play a lot of different instruments, but, um, I cannot really play the drums, Okay. which is, is so sad. Like I have sat on the drums. I actually, um, was on an episode of, of a Corey Wong, um, show that he was recording for his his show and and um he joked that his his drummer had to step out and I had to s- sit on the kit and I had to sit on the kit and play a drum beat and like I can play drums horribly but I'm horrible I'm a horrible drummer and so I like sat on the kit on camera and I was like playing and I was like what is happening so yeah if it's one instrument I definitely want to learn and like learn to master one day it would be and I mean, you've worked with some amazing people. You mentioned John Mayer there, and you you know you've had duets with uh, various various country stars. Yeah. Do you remember who was the first big like country music star you ever met? Oh gosh, who I ever met? Um, that's such a good question. I mean, I, I've I've just felt so grateful to to be on so many amazing tours um, over the years. You know, getting to tour with Blake Shelton and. Little Big Town this past summer and Keith Urban and probably my first major, major tour for like a country star. I remember my first worldwide tour was with the band Perry that we toured all across the UK. Um, but I remember when Brad Paisley brought us out. It was like the first moment I was like, whoa, that's Brad Paisley over there. That's insane. And he's just, you know, the coolest dude ever. And we guitar nerded out every day. And it was um, it was just like Disneyland every day on tour. But um but yeah, Brad Brad has just become a dear friend and he's awesome. Yeah. And did he give you any advice on um, you know, performing or, you know, making your mark? Yeah, I've I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by, you know, so many incredible artists. I, I remember um Brad was always always the hardest working dude on his tour. Like it's amazing to look at some of these artists who have built incredible careers and think that everything is easier once you get there and it's like not really actually. The the work just gets more complicated and with a little bit more pressure and your days are a little bit longer and it's a much bigger payoff for sure, but um it was just so inspiring to watch Brad like how hard he works and how much he cares. And I mean what's the most important thing you think that music has taught you? Gosh, music continues to teach me to learn who I am, to like keep digging deeper on, you know, what, what is that like little voice inside of you say and like who that little girl is and how to take her hand and bring her into, you know, every room that I walk in and, um, and music continues to teach me that and sometimes kicks me on my butt in that lesson again and again and again, but, um, I will humbly get up every time and um and attack it 
I was going to say, you always seem so happy and so positive <laughs> and music seems like it can be, you know, a rough, a rough yeah. old business, particularly for women. Yeah, so, how, so, I mean, how do you deal with that side of the industry? It's always, um, you know, it's always an up and down thing. I think every industry is, is an up and down thing. Um, nothing is always sunshine and daisies, as they put it, but, but I just am such an optimist. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's the way you look at things. Sometimes you can always see a negative side and you can always see a positive side to something. And so I, I do find I am generally, um, pretty optimistic, at least from an outside perspective. If anything, it's like when I'm in my hotel room by myself is when the dark rain clouds close in on me and I'm like, ah, what is happening? But, um, but generally I feel like I start every day, like before I let my feet hit the ground, I try to start every day on like a, a ground of gratitude and, and really just trying to be grateful for the things in my life and, and, um, the people that I get to surround myself with and the fact that I love my job so much. Um, and so as long as you can keep reminding yourself of like a place of gratitude like that, I think it, it helps even out all of the ups and downs. You mentioned that you covered John Mayer's album, Continuum. Um, is there another album that you'd, you'd love to cover? Yeah, I have um, thought about covering another album a lot. Um, now what that will be, I, I, I think it would be fun to cover Tuesday Night Music Club by Shell Crow because that record had so much of an influence on me. Um, also maybe like a Michael Jackson record, a Stevie Wonder record. The, the hard part is, is it's like there's so many that I would do. I just don't even know where to start. And who would you love to cover one of your albums? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I've never even thought about that. The reverse. Um, man, like Ed Sheeran? Yeah. <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> it, it seems like a lot of um, country singers connect with Ed Sheeran. It's maybe it's the like the lyric, the storytelling. Honestly, I really think it is that. And, and his songwriting is just so iconic. Um, there's like nothing like it. And what would you say is one thing that the UK does better than the US and the US does better than the UK? Wow, these are hard-hitting questions. Okay, um, the fans in the UK are unlike any other place in the world. Like, the fans here are just so dedicated, and I think it it lends itself to, you know, radio sometimes being able to introduce fans to an artist, and then UK fans go dig deep in that artist catalog and don't just know the singles, don't just know the hits, but know like the deep cuts and your whole album. Cause I remember my first headlining tour over here, people were singing like B-sides and deep cuts on my record and they knew every word to every song. And I was like, who are you people? This is amazing. Can I bring you with me everywhere we go? So um, yeah, I'd say the UK is definitely better um, with just being fans. Like they're just so, so special. Um, what's one thing that the U.S. does better than the U.K.? Uh, now, that's a hard question because I love being over here so much. Um, <laughs> this is, I guess, a, a weird thing. I'm like, I eat, I'm kind of a health nut and I eat um, like plant-based a lot of the time. And it's like sometimes really hard to find like good salads, like depending on where <laughs> you go. <laughs> It's like sometimes a challenge and that's actually a challenge in the States too, depending on where you are. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a struggle sometimes. I, I had a feeling it was going to be something to do with food. Okay. We're, we're not renowned. I mean, Hey, food. I mean, you also have incredible food. Like the chocolate here is amazing. 
I love laddery, the macaroons, like, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, salads are hard. <laughs> Have you been to the pub whilst you've been here? No, I haven't. I need to, what? We're, we're, we're going to celebrate at a pub later today. Okay, so good. we're going to like wrap up the tour in the right way. And you're in Camden. That's like the perfect. It's the perfect place, right? Yeah. Yes. And I mean, from what I could see at the long road, the Cadillac 3, they are, you know, they like to have a good time. They like to have a good time. Believe me, our, our after party of this tour is definitely going to be a good time. <laughs> There'll be like no Instagram. Ever, everyone exactly, keep your phones yeah. in the Keep your phones at the door. <laughs> um. And, I mean, you released your first full-length album in 2017. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, and I mean this fully as a compliment, it seems like we've had you much longer than that. Thank um, you. Yeah. It's, I mean, how has your approach changed in that time? I and mean, we've obviously had the wonderful pandemic in that time. Yeah, I, I've learned so much since my first album. I feel like um, I am just a lot more kind of open and vulnerable to my writing and even sonically I'm not as much so writing songs to what I think people want to hear and I'm just writing songs to what I really really feel and what excites me and and um because I think that is going to be the most authentic representation of my heart and at the end of the day like I think that's why we love the artists that we do is because they just make music that it's like a little bit left and a little bit right and a little bit this and a little bit that and that is what makes an artist so unique. And so um, if anything, if I've learned, you know, since 2017 releasing the project, um, it's just to be me. Yeah. Do you have a favorite lyric that you've ever written? Yeah, it would probably be a lyric from Make You. Um, the things that bend you and stain you and break you, that's what's going to make you. Because I just feel like it's the things that we go through in life that make us who we are. And it's the hard things, the tough things that we go through that really help us, you know, get scars that, that heal and, and build thicker armor. And, um, and that's what truly makes us, makes us us. Yeah. And so you're the host of Canada's Got Talent. Yeah. How, do, when someone comes onto the stage, do you feel like you usually have a good sense of how they're going to perform? Usually. I'm the last person that they talk to before they go out, and then the first person they talk to when they come off stage. Of course, Canada's Got Talent just as, as BGT over here. It's been such a dream to be a part of this show, and to host my first national TV show has been so much fun. And yeah, I would say when I talk to people before they go out on stage, that first like couple of questions, you have a pretty good idea of if they're going to be amazing or if they're going to be questionable. And um, I will never forget my golden buzzer performance. And um, it was this woman called Shanique Fournier. And she definitely reminded me a little bit like Susan Boyle. And she walks out and she, when I talk to her, she has this like frizzy hair. She's a palliative care nurse. She adopted two children with Down syndrome. She's just like such an incredible spirit of a human. And you could like feel her heart the minute she, she says hello. She is just this such this light radiating from her, and she walks out on stage. And if you closed your eyes, she sounded honest to God like Celine Dion. It was insane. Everybody was just like, "What is happening?" And so I had to run out on stage, and that was my golden buzzer moment because I was just like, "I think you're just such a beautiful human inside and out, and you have that talent, and the world needs to hear you." And so it was uh, it was such a cool moment. And I mean. When you get up on a stage and perform, that's, you know, an hour, however long, a set. What are the kind of defining moments for you in, in your career that have happened off stage that people wouldn't necessarily see, but that really kind of make you who you are as a performer? 
I just got to open up for Shania Twain a few weeks ago, and it was like, talk about a bucket list check. I mean, I, I was direct support for Shania Twain. Like, what is life? Um, I remember like walking out to 50,000 people and just having the most amazing show and then getting to watch Shania do her thing, and it was the most amazing show. And then after the show um, off stage, I remember um, just getting to hang with her for a little bit, and and we've we've gotten to hang out a few times over the past year and she's just the coolest human being. So down to earth, so smart, always like killer, like outfits. Like she always just looks top notch. And, and she was just so real with me. And she like brought me a piece of strawberry cake and we were like celebrating like such an incredible festival and such an incredible moment, um, in her career. And, and she was like giving me career advice and just had such a beautiful heart. And I got to hang with her and her husband and her son and, it was it was just so wonderful, yeah. and, and fellow Canadian. I know, right? Fellow Queen, Canadian. Do you like the Canadian country crew? Do you all get together and, and talk about Canada? I definitely think we we have each other's backs. You know, we don't necessarily get together and talk about Canada, but like anytime like somebody has a Tim's cup, we're all like, "Hey, how's it going?" Um, but um, but yeah, we we definitely have each other's backs for sure, and. I mean, how long have you lived in Nashville now? Ten years. Ten years. Wow, so you've had your 10-year anniversary recently. I have, yeah. How did you, did you celebrate? You know, we've been so busy on the road that it's been um, kind of crazy finding uh, finding time to celebrate. But um, but but it's been, it's been amazing. I can't believe 10 years goes by in the blink of an eye. Mm. And one of our listeners actually asked us the other day if we had any uh, recommendations for how to spend the perfect night in Nashville. So... I, can you enlighten them with any advice? Yeah, I'd say you definitely need to try some Nashville hot chicken, like Hattie B's or Prince's is amazing. You need to try some Jenny's ice cream. You need to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. You need to walk down Broadway at night because the lights are so beautiful. You need to walk down the pedestrian bridge because it's like the best view of Nashville downtown. And um, like you need to see a show, whether it's at the listening room or the exit in, there's always live music going on in Nashville and always the performers are amazing. Well, Lindsay L, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Have the most incredible evening at the pub. We will have the most incredible show at the Roundhouse and then a really good time celebrating afterwards. What will be the drink of choice this evening? Such a good, such a good question. I have no idea. At this point, I'm just like thinking about the show, 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 and then we'll, we'll decide what pint later. Maybe a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, hey, maybe it will get really crazy, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to reading about it. In the There's some the Erdinger Dunkles in the fridge here, so we may just have to start so with that. What? I mean, yeah, some Erdinger Dunkles. Oh, God. I don't it know sounds very that. exciting, yeah. so you never know. <laughs> it's a mystery drink. I yes. think just open and sit <laughs> and hope for the best. Totally. Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you. That was Lindsay L. To hear the full episode with music from her and all the best and brightest in country music, head over to whynow.co.uk. We've got some really exciting upcoming guests for our next episodes, so make sure you follow us on Instagram at Strokes of Country for all the updates. You can also follow Whynow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Whynow World. You've been listening to this Whynow production of Strokes of Country. Thanks again to BBR Music. We'll see you next time.